0: What's good, Wizards fans? It's your host, to real, Ed Oliver and Brandon Scott. Today we're going to talk about the news that the Wizards are expected to re-sign Chris Tapps, Porzingis, and Kyle Kuzma. Not not anything new, but just reconfirmed by Eric Pingus. And also we're going to talk about some new GM candidates, uh, or one, today. Let's get to it.
1: You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepix.com. Promo code is locked on. All right, so Eric Pincus of Bleacher Report came out with an article on May 5th, but it's starting to get around. Now, Basket News also came out with the report as well that Chris Huff's presenting is expected to be back in Washington. Um, Also, same thing with Kyle Kuzma. Now, Chris Porzingis is expected to opt out and re-sign with the Washington Wizards. Um, He could opt in for $36 million. Um, Porzingis could command a multi-year deal for four to five years, ranging in between $134 million and $174 million uh, within that range. And also, Eric Pincus goes on to say Kyle Kuzma is also expected to opt out and re-sign with the team this summer and this is stuff that we heard over right before the trade deadline i want to say after the trade deadline that tommy shepard uh one of these guys had come back and that they were they were in agreement almost that they wanted to come back so uh what are your thoughts about this news and also what is this telling you that this news is coming out even though we haven't even announced a gm yet jt3 and brett greenberg right now are basically running the team uh, what are your thoughts on this
1: well, my first thought is it's not surprising. We kind of knew what was going to happen. Um, it just we all knew that going forward, they were going to try to keep this core, this uh solid three together. And but, like you said, I mean, we were talking about it before the show, man, and it also tells you that I don't think they know what they're trying to do. Like, I mean, if you were intent on bringing this core back, then you should have kept Tommy, like, um, because that tells me that you're not going to give a lot of leeway to this new GM, that Ted is still really running the shots and to me you, we need a gm who has a little bit of autonomy to really be successful in dc i think ted needs to step back and let the new gm do his thing but it doesn't appear that's going to happen yeah it's it's a little shocking because we don't even have any gm so you got moves being made you ain't have a gm and we were talking about this last episode how you know western Silt has a say and, and you know that's a whole nother conversation but yes yeah, it's, it's it's unorthodox i guess to say that would be the most positive way to say it is a bit unorthodox because Again, you don't have a general manager, but you're already committing a lot of money to three guys, man. So that just tells me that, you know, and we're going to look at candidates going forward. But that tells me he's going to bring in a guy who's familiar with the organization. That's that's if I'm willing to bet he's going to bring in a guy like maybe Milton Newton. You know, I think Conley is kind of a stretch because I think he's kind of solidified and cemented in Minnesota for at least one or two more years. So I don't think he's going to break with Minnesota to come over here. And I don't think that, yeah, the, the Gold Bear trade was bad, but I don't think it's bad enough to really get him fired. You know, it's still there's you know, the jury's still out how he fits in Minnesota long term. But I do think that the new GM is going to be somebody who's connected to the franchise like Milton, because nothing's really changed. I think that Tommy Shepard was the scapegoat. <laughs> I think that he fired Tommy because he knew the fan base was upset and somebody had to go. And it was between Wes and it was between Tommy Shepard. And if you look at that, between those two, the fact that Watson is connected to this franchise the way he is, that was an easy choice. So I think that Tommy Shepard was sacrificed because, you know, outside of his firing, man, what has really changed? You know, like I said, we don't even have a general manager yet. And we have committed an overwhelming number, you know, percentage of our cap, to three guys. So I think we all knew. And I think that's the biggest thing about me and you being rebuild guys is that we could have our own opinions, but the franchise had, they know what they were going to do. They know what they're going to do going forward. So you have to kind of, Roll with that and really analyze based on what the franchise is going to do. We're not going to rebuild. You know, Ted wants a team that's going to be a playing first round playoff team, and he stands by that. So, yeah, it, it is weird because again, we don't have a general manager, and you know, we're getting closer to the draft. We don't have that leader. You know, general manager is a leader, you know, he's he's like that captain that writes the ship. You know, he's one of the. So, the fact that we don't have one as we speak is just is questionable, in my opinion. But am I surprised? Nah, I'm not surprised though.
0: Yeah, and I, I do think Tommy Shepard earned his firing. He didn't win more than 35 games, and, you know, he didn't hit home runs on his draft picks. He made good picks, solid picks, but did hit home runs. Um, and then his his trades were fine. They were good. The Porzingis trade was a good trade. Um, you know, trading John Wall for Russ Westbrook, you know, getting the contract off the books and getting Russ and then making the playoffs, and then you flip Russ for Coos, Harrell, and Dinwiddie, and the Dinwiddie didn't work out. Uh, but then his trades of this past season, I feel like those trades got him fired. Ted watching Rui play so well, and then you lost the, uh, you know, international revenue, their international popularity with trading Rui, and now Rui's playing well with the Lakers. Um, and trading KCP for Monte Morris, it didn't work out. Will Barton it just had to be bought out. That's how bad it was uh, with Will Barton. So I, I do think Tommy definitely earned his firing. But, of course, like we've been saying, like, I don't think Ted is really going to give a lot of autonomy to the new GM. You know, he's, they're already making a decision before they even name a GM. Now, they Ted made this decision – after the trade deadline or even before the trade deadline to bring both these guys back, that they really want these guys back. Um, And then you're bringing back West. So it's just kind of like nothing's really changing at all. And in the article, Eric Pincus writes as well for Bleacher Report, he says "Um, the Wizards recently parted ways with top basketball executive Tommy Shepard. Still some competing front offices expect the Wizards next hire to stay the course, expanding upon the team's current core, Bradley, Bill, free agent, Kyle Kuzma. Once he declines this player option, that Chris has Persinger. So, once again, they're going to stay the course and they're going to try to build around this solid three, which is really tying the hands of the new GM. I mean, you're really going to, you're barely going to have any money to sign any free agents. Uh, The veteran minimum deals, mid level exception, and that's really it. I mean, you're going to have to be really creative and you're going to, you got one draft pick that's probably going to be the eighth or ninth pick. So, and it's hard to expect the eighth or ninth pick to come in here, really turn around the franchise and be a huge impact player. Um, day one but at this position you're just going to have to hit a home run which is really going to be hard to do at pick nine and pick eight um and then eric pink, pink is all says also says many expect porzingis to end his contract every time with washington at a lower number for the 2023 2024 season on a healthy multi-year deal perhaps in the four-year 134 million to 174 million dollar range so um yeah it looks like they're just going to run it back again um, I think the only person that may have some real autonomy is Bob Myers. If Bob Myers comes in here and says, "Hey, look, I want to go a different direction," I think that that's the only guy that could possibly come in here and, and do that and say that. So, um, and like like we both said, like if they are really are in it to win it and they're aggressive and make big moves to win, then sure, I'm for it. Like I wanted them to beat the Hawks in that in that two games where they they uh, laid an egg and they lost one, at, they lost both of them at home. And they laid an egg against the Raptors. I wanted them to win those games. But once I saw that, I was just done with them. You know, I, I was. Um, I didn't want them to really run it back with a solid three if you're going to pay them that much money. Um, so, yeah, once again, for both of us, it's not a surprise. Ted wants to run it back. His goal is to make the playoffs or play in and get that one home game uh, so he can make a profit. So um, I'm not surprised. I mean, I, I personally letting in walk would be hard. Um, you do want to bring him back and get some value for him. And Kuzma, should you have traded him before the trade deadline? That's something that we're going to look at, you know, for years and years to come. And and like, hey, you could have got a first round pick or maybe a first round pick and a player. You saw what guys were going for, you know, Mikel Bridges. Uh, guys were just getting paid for multiple, multiple picks at the trade deadline, too. So um, I feel like they really could have got some value for Kuzma. They decided to hang on. So um, once again, not surprised. And it is a little concerning that they're, they're – and all these, this, these could be rumors by Eric Pincus. We don't know if this is 100% true, but we kind of know the way Ted thinks. Like, this probably is 99% true.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure what the course of this offseason is going to be. But now you hit the nail on the head with Tommy, man. Tommy had to go. I'm not trying to advocate, he should stay. <laughs> nah, he definitely had to go. Those two trades he made uh, this last season, man, were just terrible and abysmal. So it was time for him to go ahead and just, just check out, man. But you know, but here's the thing, though if you go ahead and you re sign or not re sign. But um, bring in, like, Milt Newton, you're bringing in a Tommy. You're bringing in a guy who has links to the organization who, again, has no autonomy. You're doing the same thing. And what do we said all year long? The very notion of an insanity. Can cannot do the same thing. And that's why I think that you know Tommy being fired was just somebody had to go and somebody had to be the sacrificial lamb, and it was him. You know, and Because if you had no intention of changing anything, then what are we doing? What are we talking about? And going forward, I'm with you, man. Look, I'm, I'm a guy who I stand by it. I was a re- rebuild guy. I felt like we needed to start from scratch. I stand by that. But again, you know, we're we're analysts, man. You know, we have to analyze based on the product that we have and their intent on going forward with the solid three is the core as the core. So do you that, that's that's what we got. So adding to it, you know, we talked about Dylan Brooks, you know, mid-level exception, it, maybe that's an option. Um, to bring in some talent. Um point guard, yeah, you know how much leverage,
0: guard, yeah. Oh
1: man, I mean, it's pretty sure the amply blacks <laughs> come to DC. You know, either him or uh, Casey Wallace, I can I guarantee they're going to go point guard in this draft, which we both said, you know, can't be tricky. You know, especially when the core that he's going to lead are veteran guys like that's a tough spot to put a rookie in, man. I think what was the last rookie that came in with his Miami, Mario Chalmers? I think it was the year that the big three came in in, in Miami. They brought in Chalmers and, and let him run point. And he was just, <laughs> it took a while for him to really learn to be a leader because it's, it's tough to be a rookie to come to a situation where you have three established veterans. It's just tough, man. So I don't know if they choose to go the veteran route, try to package the pick, but he's going to be creative. This new GM going in, he's got to be creative because they've got to add some talent because this solid three by itself is not going to do it. You know, we definitely need a floor general and a, another wing. So it's, a, you know, the draft is going to be interesting whether they go get a point guard or whether they pick up somebody like Cam Whitmore. So, yeah. It appears this is going to be our core going forward. And like you touched base, I just want us to win, man. <laughs> that's it. I just want us to win. You know, if they, if they proven to be a solid core, I will be the first person to say I was wrong. But I'm telling you, I just want to see wins. So that's where I'm at with it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, Derek Rose, he was a rookie. He made it to the playoffs. I want to see if, if John Morant made it to the playoffs as a rookie. I don't think he did, but I know he had a spectacular rookie season. But still, even then, and – with John Wall, his rookie year too, some growing pains, some learning, some learning up and downs and stuff like that. They just didn't have the roster, so yeah, to expect a rookie uh, point guard to come in and, and dominate is really hard. It's really hard for that to happen, um, or th- the odds of that are, are really low. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna get to uh, Trey John Langdon. Uh, he is a candidate, of course. Milt Newton's candidate. It was confirmed by Ava Wallace, of course. Troy Halliburton broke the news first on here, so congrats to him about Milt Newton. But before we do talk about changing lane and our thoughts about his trades and uh, draft picks, today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. Uh, today I did hit. I hit with uh, Marcus Smart. I had him getting over 20 and a half points, rebounds and assists. I had Joel B getting over 20 and a half points. Uh, he ended up with 30 or 33. So those were two good picks for me. I finally hit on a two pick parlay. So Price Picks is super easy. This is how it works. You pick two to six players. And if they will go score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 20 times, 25 times your money on any entry, no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Price Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. This includes NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, cricket, and more. Entries can be made at 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Safe and fast patrols. Currently operational in over 30 States in Canada. Download the price picks app or go to pricepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, price picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, price picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code LOCKEDON at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100.
1: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed.
0: And I uh, think we want to thank you guys for making a lot of Wizards your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. We're going to talk about the Wizards firing of Alex McLean and also their uh, basketball analyst. And then we probably will break down some background of Milt Newton as well. Uh, and we will talk about some more uh, GM possible uh, GM candidates as well. Uh, but let's get into uh, Trajan. Langdon, so has yes, Trajan Langdon. So we're going to talk about his background. We're just going to break down his uh draft picks because he was hired in 2019, uh, was an assistant with the Spurs as well. Uh, went to Duke University, played basketball. He was the first, he was, in, he was drafted in the first round, 11th pick of the draft, played baseball as well. So this guy was a su- super, super athletic. Um, uh, as well, he was a scout for the San Antonio Spurs from 2020, 2020, from 2012 to 2015. Uh, in 2016, he was named the assistant general manager of the Brooklyn Nets, and then on May 19, 2019, Langdon was named the general manager of the New Orleans Pelicans. So, uh, we'll, let's just break down his draft picks first, because that's a big reason why that's a big reason why a lot of people um, thought Tommy Shepard was fired because he didn't hit home runs. Um, so, in 2019, uh, Trajan Langdon, his first pick, of course, was Zion Williamson, the first pick of the draft, another Duke alum or Duke uh, basketball player. Then the second round, he drafted uh, Alan Smalgic and Jord- Jordan Bone. Uh, what are your thoughts on that 2019
1: draft? I mean, it's like picking wall, man. <laughs> Where else do you go with it?
0: <laughs> right. I mean, and then, uh, go ahead.
1: No, nah, that's it. I mean, yeah. you know, kind of a no-brainer, man.
0: Right. Um, and th- so, th- th- and like I said, this was from Ava Wallace of, the- of Washington Times, I want to say, or the Washington Post. Uh, let me pull it up real quick. Of the Washington Post. Yes, yeah, she said, Wizards owner Ted Leonsis and a small group of decision makers have spoken to Pelican's general manager, Trajan Langdon, and Bucks' assistant GM, Milt Newton, according to Wallace, and, of course, Roy Halliburton, who adds that the team is still believed to be in the information gathering stage of his search. Uh, she also says, Wizards VP of player programs, John Thompson III, and assistant GM Brett Greenberg are running the team's basketball operations department. All the search for a new head of basketball operations continues. All right, so let's move on to 2020. He drafted Kira Lewis out of Alabama. Uh, Elijah Hughes out of Syracuse Nick Richards with pick 42 Nick Richards is now on the Charlotte Hornets Um, and uh, Sam Merrill with pick 60 Sam Merrill's on the Milwaukee Bucks and Elijah Hughes is on the um, Utah Jazz what are your thoughts about his 2020 draft and what grade would you give that
1: that would get a D minus (laughs) because Kyra Lewis is I mean he contributed four points I guess but yeah I don't I mean Nick Richards he I mean he's a wizard killer you know we have Nick Richards plays against us but Outside of that, man, I I mean, I don't even know where Sam Merrill is. Elijah
0: mm-hmm. Hughes, yes, I'd give it a D-minus just mm-hmm.
1: because Kyra had four points.
0: <laughs> right, yeah. Kyra Lewis out of Alabama. Right now he's averaging four points, one board. Um, and then you look at the people drafted behind him. Now, Kyra Lewis was drafted right behind Tyrese Halliburton. That was the same draft as Denny. Yeah. Uh, Obi Toppin, Jalen Smith. Now, right behind uh, Kyra Lewis at pick fifteen was Cole Anthony, who's playing really well with the Magic. Aaron D e. Smith is having putting up good minutes with the Pacers. Uh, Isaiah Stewart was drafted by the Blazers and the Traders of the Pistons. So that's another player they could have gotten. Sadiq Bay at nineteen, uh, drafted by the Pistons. Precious Atrua, who's okay. Tyrese Maxey at pick twenty-one. Uh, Mayo quickly at pick twenty-five. So yeah, that was a pretty. I give that one an F. You know, I'm, I'm going to be the Russian judge. And I think it's pretty easy to say I give that I give that pick an F at Alabama. So twenty twenty one um, pick ten was I.R. Williams. They ended up trading that to Memphis. Uh, The second round they picked it. They they drafted Herb Jones with pick thirty five. Jared Butler, the point guard out of Baylor, who was traded to Utah. And then pick forty three was Greg Brown, who's traded to the Portland uh, Trailblazers. What grade do you give his twenty twenty one draft?
1: Ah, C minus because I think that he got a little value with his second round picks. I mean, Herb Jones is solid. Uh mm-hmm. Jared Butler kind of jury still out, and Greg Brown he, he's a project, but I think he has he's high upside, um, in Portland, man. But yeah, Zaire Williams <laughs> that's that's yeah that's that's a questionable pick, man. So I'm gonna roll with a C minus,
0: right? And Zaire Williams right now he's on the um is he still on the Pelicans or is he on the Memphis Grizzlies? I'm pretty sure he's on the
1: No, nah, he's on I think he's in Memphis.
0: Yeah, he's on the Memphis Grizzlies. So they, they ended up trading him. So I give that one I give it a C but Herb Jones kind of brings it up to a B because, you know, Herb Jones has really been a hit. He's a great defender. How good he played in the playoffs last year. So Herb Jones was a was a really good pick. So that 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 does boost it up. I'm trying to look at the trade um, where uh, Zyre Williams was traded. So yeah, he was traded. Um, he was traded to the Grizzlies for Valanciunas. He, he was in- he was included in that Giannis uh trade. Uh, and yeah, in that draft. So that's where he was traded to. So uh, last last one here, the most recent one, we're gonna go to the 2022 draft. And this one is kind of to be determined. Dyson Daniels, pick eight, pick 41, easy Liddell, and then second round was uh Carlo Matkovich. And right now, Dyson Daniels is averaging three points a game, three boards, two assists. Still, the jury's still out on him. Yeah. A lot of Wizards fans wanted Dyson Daniels. And I was kind of like – I was kind of iffy on Dyson because he couldn't shoot yeah. going out of the G League. He just looked like DeLon right to me, but he's athletic. Uh, what are your thoughts on that draft so far?
1: I don't know, man. DeLon was hitting threes this year. So. <laughs> that is true. That is true. But I, think, I
0: think DeLon – and DeLon is a good defender. So, it's yeah. not, that, that's not a bad pick. If Dyson Daniels ends up becoming a good defender and a connector and a, a, I – I don't want to say – I'm not going to say poor man's Lonzo Ball. I'm going to say the common man's got Lonzo you. Ball. I think that's that's Dyson's ceiling.
1: I mean, I'm not – Dyson's all right. I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I wasn't really big on him because of his shot. I think he's a project that can develop into a really good player. But, again, do you really use your eighth pick on a project? You know, so I think that's what kind of knocks the draft, man. If I'm a graded – that's hard, man. You'll be determined. I got to – C-minus, I'm rolling, because I think Dyson Daniels has the intangible. She has to work on the shot. But, I mean, look at the other two. I mean, EJ Liddell, Carlo, makovich <laughs>
0: oh, <I ain't, laughs> <you know? laughs>
1: So, yeah, I'm going to have to roll with C-minus, man.
0: Right. Okay, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. The jury's still on Dyson. I mean, he could have got Jeremy Sohan and pick nine, but they kind of oh, have Herb Jones. Man. They got Brandon Ingram already in Zion. So they, they weren't going to get another small forward. Um, we drafted Johnny Davis at pick 10. They could have got Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara, but nobody had Jalen Williams really going that high. I picked eight. Jalen Duran, they already had Giannis Valanciunas. Um, AJ Griffin out of Duke. I like him from the Hawks. Um, so they had another, they were going to get another small forward. So I, I give that pick about it. Uh, it's, it's-
1: the NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: To be determined, it's really up in the air. So let's get to trades. Of course, when he first came in, he made a, a pretty big trade, of course, of trading Anthony Davis. So they traded Anthony Davis, the Lakers trade, where LeBron wanted Anthony Davis. And, of course, he ended up getting him. And uh, Anthony Davis forced his way out. So they had no choice. Um, they traded him. They traded Lonzo, They traded him for Alonzo Ball, Josh Hart, DeAndre Hunter, who ended up going to the Hawks, uh, Brandon Ingram, Cash, and a 2022 first-round pick, which was later used on Dyson Daniels. So what, what's your thoughts on that trade?
1: Oh man, that's an A plus. I mean, he was able to get a lot from the Lakers, man. I mean, Lonzo Ball, really good point guard, which unfortunately his career is kind of up in the air right now. But Josh Hart, who's currently with the Knicks, I mean, a guy who's a three and D can defend, mm-hmm. can shoot from behind the arc. Same thing with DeAndre Hunter. I mean, he can shoot, he can defend. Brandon Ingram, man, which I agree with people to call him um, Kevin Durant 2.0. You know, the small frame, but he can score whenever he wants. That's the player I like in the deal, man. I'm a big Brandon Ingram fan, man. Coming out of the you, mm-hmm. and uh, obviously the pick, which we know is Dyson Daniels, but you know he'll be able to get all that and a and a pick. I think it was an a plus trade, man.
0: Right. They also draft. They also signed Jackson Hayes, who hasn't really worked out. He's been kind of in, up and down. Yeah. With Alexander Walker, he hasn't really worked out either. He's been in and out of the G League. Um, now they did. They did um, sign. Najee Marshall, who's been a mm-hmm. good pickup, he's been a hidden gem. Jose Alvarado has been a hidden gem for them. He's kind of been like our Jordan Goodwin. Well, yep. that's what Jordan Goodwin says, he wants to play like so. He's found some hidden gems here and there. Um, some really good second round picks, some really good two way players. So I give him credit for that. Um, another trade that he made, um, uh, he made the Brandon Ingram, the CJ McCollum trade. I'm gonna pull that one up too. I gotta find that one, but I, I personally. I like that trade. The Valentinus trade. I, I did like that trade too. I thought that was a productive trade. I think Valentinus has been a good player for them. And also they made the playoffs. They didn't make the playoffs this year. They made the plan, but that's Tommy Shepard's goal. So I could see Tommy Shepard being intrigued by that. They made the playoffs last year when nobody thought they were going to make the playoffs. I think they made a good hire hiring Willie green. I think he's been a good head coach for them. They've been a better defensive team. They have somewhat of an identity with Brandon Ingram and uh, their coach and their staff has been able to weather the storm. Trey Murphy has been a good draft pick for the Pelicans. A lot of people wanted Trey Murphy instead of Corey Kispert. Like I said, I like Corey Kispert a lot, so I'm not mad at us not taking Trey Murphy. But they made a swing on that. They took Trey Murphy. I thought that was a great pick by them. He's played really well, um, even though he's had a couple stints in the G League. But, I mean, he meets he meets the criteria of what, ta- what, what Ted is looking for in making the playoffs. Like I said, they made the playoffs for Brandon Ingram and Cesar McCullum last year. And then they made the play-in, even though Zion missed a lot of games, and Brandon Ingram missed a good amount of games this year. And I, I like the trade that they made for C.J. McCollum right here. I'm trying to find out the details for the trade.
1: Yeah, I believe it was – um they grabbed C.J. McCollum and Larry Nance Jr. for mm-hmm. Josh Hart and Nikel Alexander-Walker. So that's not a bad move, man. Um, mm-hmm. Because Larry Nance Jr., again, is a, uh, is a four who can defend and shoot. And C.J. McCollum, I'm going to tell you what, this is a nice-looking squad. Because if 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 Zion is healthy, come on, You're two guard is CJ McCollum, you got Brandon Ingram. I mean, the list goes on. I mean, like you said, Trey Murphy. I mean, sh- this is a solid team. So, I mean, and, and you brought up the uh, Valachunas trade. You know, Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe for Valachunas. So that's a that was a good move because yeah. while Steven Adams, he's a he's a big who's very strong. You know, Valachunas, he's that an, another will, Wizards killer, but um, he's just a, he's the modern day big. He's shooting from behind the arc. He can defend. So. I mean, like you said, he he mirrors Tommy Shepard a little bit because I mean his draft game's on point, um or not trade game that is. Um, his drafting needs some work. And if you look at the picks outside of Zion, most of the picks are around eight to ten, eight to twelve. So it's usually where we draft anyway. So the kind of gives you a little indication, you know, how his draft game is. But I would welcome it. I like I I like what I see. I, I remember watching him play in Duke. You know, he was a scrappy guard man. So, um. But the the only thing that really – the only negative I see is Zion. You know, not really taking control of the Zion situation. Because I think the Zion situation, to a certain degree, mirrors the Bradley Bill situation. I mean, I, and, it's, you know, both of them are kind of injury-prone, not as much as Zion. I mean, Bradley Bill's been better with his injuries outside of, the, you know, the last couple of years. But dealing with that situation, I want to – you know, how's if he comes into Washington, how's he going to deal, you know, with Bradley Bill because – we we you know we we touched base before. You know we this GM coming in, whether it's Trajan Langdon or whoever, they're not going to have a lot of rope from Ted Lionsis. So, you know, is he going to have if he, is he going to have that that personality where he's going to check Bradley Bill, or he's going to kind of let Bradley Bill run amok? muck? And that's and that's that's another that's another perspective we haven't really looked at as far as this GM search because if you look at the relationship with Tommy Shepard. And, and that's why I brought up him and Zion, because I kind of want a guy to come in here who's going to check people, who's going to, you know, let him be the gym and the player be the player. And I think that's another thing that we kind of need in D.C. is that we need a guy who's going to come in and who's going to define roles real quick and say, look, your job is to play. My job is to find personnel to help you play.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: th- that's where I'm at with it, man. And I think that Trajan Langdon might be that guy. But, you know, like you said, getting back into the transactions, man, his trade game's on point. You know, the flip Anthony Davis for that is, I mean, he got a lot from Anthony Davis. So, yeah, I I love his trade game.
0: Mm. Yeah, so his drafting is kind of mid, kind of like Tommy's was. He hit, of course, on Zion. You had to draft Zion. And the injuries that he's, you know, he's been able to weather the storm with Zion being out, being able to pick up guys like Najee Marshall and Herb Jones and Brandon Ingram has been great so far. Um, the trades have been solid, yeah. Like you said, they've been good season McCullum, Larry Nance, and Tony Snell for Josh Hart, uh, or giving up Josh Hart, Tomas Sanoransky, and Nikhil Alexander Walker, a second round pick. I mean, a 2022 first round pick, was protected and two future second round picks for season McCullum, Larry Nance, and Tony Snell. So they made the postseason two years in a row, which would once again check the box for Ted Leonsis, um, and then giving up Eric Bledsoe, who didn't want to be there, and Steven Adams for Jonas Valentinus, um, and Memphis. They and they got a uh, pick number 17 to pick 51 uh the pelicans ended up getting picked number 17 and pick 51 as well so uh but they gave up pick 10 which ended up being Zaire williams so i think they're all fair trades i think they're all good trades that made the pelicans better and made them postseason worthy uh my question is the drafting and he kind of has been in that middle spot like the wizards getting pick nine pick 10 pick eight or pick 17 with trey murphy so is he an upgrade i think he is but he's not the upgrade that I think, like, Bob Myers would or Masai Jerry would. And he has been able to hit on some, you know, later round picks and two-way guys, like I said, Jose Alvarado. So, um, like you said, with Bradley Bill, that element, is, it's just Ted. You know, what does Ted want to do with Brad? And what does Brad want to do with the no-trade clause? You know, so those are the question marks coming in. But it looks like that first year, he's going to have to stay the course, as Eric Pinkett said in the article. He's going to have to do what – that what Ted wants to do with that solid three, so he's going to have to move forward with that group. If it doesn't work, then I think Ted will give him the autonomy to. I think he just wants to get West. I think he he feel. I think Ted feels like he owes West because of his dad to give him that one last year. And then same thing with Brad Zingas and Coos. He wants to run it back and see if it doesn't work. Then I feel like he may gave the may give the new GM autonomy to finally move on.
1: Yeah, but that's a tough call, man. Because if you yeah. pay, if you pay who's the KP long term you can't easily just turn around and say man look i want to break it down i mean once you yeah. give that money to them once you get those contracts you've pretty much said that the next three to five years that's your core and i mean like you said we are in a position to where if that's what they're going to do that's what we roll with and but he's got to be tricky you know whoever comes into this situation they gotta be tricky because you got to find a point guard you've got to find a point guard man and you know maybe another wing but Point guard is something we desperately need, man. Like people in hell need ice water. I'm trying to tell you. (laughs) We need a point guard. So I mean, look at that. Trajan Langdon, he checks all the boxes. I think he is upgrade. I'm with you. he definitely checks the boxes. Um, but I also agree that he's got to up his game a little bit with drafting. Now, I I, you know, Trey Murphy, you know, there are a couple picks and a couple pickups. Like you said, Alvarado, man, he's scrappy, man. He frustrated a lot of people this season, man, just with his you know being so scrappy. So, yeah. I think that Trajan Langdon would be an upgrade, but again, the unfortunate thing about any GM that comes into this situation is that they're going to have very little leeway to, you know, what they, what it can, what they can do because you have to roll with this solid three going forward. And I think that you you know it's not confirmed, but I think we all know that they're going to roll with this this core. I if I wasn't willing to bet on it, they're going to roll with this core. And so you know it is what it is. We just it's going to be a tricky offseason, man, to see what they do to try to reinforce Bradley Bill and the crew, but. You know, I think, but in closing, man, Treasury LinkedIn, I think, is definitely a candidate I would like to see in DC. So mm-hmm.
0: yeah, and one thing I'll say I just looked up. Defensive rating. and the Pelicans were sixth in defensive rating this past season. I'm gonna look up what they were in 2022 as well. So they have some type of identity, which the Wizards don't have. In 2022, they were ranked 20th, but this year they're ranked they were ranked sixth. So but we'll end on that. We'll wrap it up. We're gonna talk about Milton Newton tomorrow and uh we'll talk about milton newton and his candidacy and other wizards news but we just want to thank you guys for making locked on wizards your first listen every day make sure you guys subscribe as well and hit the notification bell hail to the wizards peace
1: hey prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on amazon music download the amazon music app today